Southern Vanguard Radio. This is DJ John Doe, and right in front of me in that little bitty computer screen is my man. Yeah. Yeah, Cappuccino. Cappuccino Beaks. Super Bowl Sunday. What did Edith say? The Chiefs have no chance? <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing she said when she walked in to say goodbye Not tonight. A shot in hell. The Chiefs don't <laughs> have a chance. Stayed. They should have stayed in Kansas City, man. <laughs> should have phoned it in. Oh, man. It's My too goodness. bad. It's too bad. My goodness. Oh, well. They just laid down, man. Yeah, it was uh I don't know. I don't I don't guess I was really expecting anything else other than that. I was just hoping for something other than that. I kind of was expecting a little a little different narrative, man, but hey, if, if the NFL want to keep pushing that narrative, that's on them. Yeah. How you mix everything way to, good? Way to protect your product. Right. Yeah, right. You think man, he's going to bail? You Who think Brady's going to bail after this one? Or you think he's going to stick around? Nah, he said after this game, they on to the next season. Oh, yes? Okay. All right. Yeah, he ain't giving a fuck. He, they just keep letting them win. Why would it, Why would you quit? <laughs> <laughs> they, keep give, they keep giving him the dub. <laughs> why would you quit? That's true. Nah, I'm I don't good, know. Bro. Maybe I like just... a career-ending injury or life-ending. I mean, you, you, you have people well, running at you like trying to well, you can, murder you. You basically. can hope. You can hope. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> Something Thasman related. I don't know. Oh, it, no, it, no. Okay, it, okay, stop. It don't stop. have to be that gruesome. You know what I mean? But, I mean, I'm not against it. <laughs> he got another leg. Damn, shit. Meeks is raw tonight. Already man, off the rip. Fuck that, fuck that shit, man. It's how many times we got to watch this dude, man. Uh, yeah, no, I, I know. I'm with you. It's crazy. I'm with you. Hey, man, yeah. I got I, I got I got to question or a problem i'm hoping you can help me solve all right i got a question do you do you recycle <laughs> i take the trash out okay so you do not recycle okay no nah, i so, don't I, the, well here's the thing homie i had you know i had a problem at at the jo about that so they had this recycling project oh, okay project right. at work okay and um, oh, this is going to be good. This is not where I thought it was going to go. But uh, no, nah, it's not good at all because it was it was so antiquated that they had the day porter. He would gather up all the trash in a five story commercial building downtown. Mm-hmm. And he would sit not too far away from my office. It was down some steps and around the corner a little bit. But my office was right at the top of the steps. Uh, and he would physically dig through the trash to keep the recycling program going. Oh, hell no. Um, that was, you know, that was when I first got there. And I didn't like it, but I was like, hey, if that's what they're doing, that's what they're doing. Right. Until a mouse found his way in because he was smelling all this delicious trash <laughs> uh, on okay. the regular and finally made his way in. And he started terrorizing the ladies on the first floor. Okay. And I ended it at that point. But what do, what do you what mean terrorizing was, specifically? What do you mean by terrorizing? Oh, he, shitting on their desk and... Oh, word. Okay. Yeah, it he, wasn't like brief appearances. They were defecating on Yeah, it, you come in in the morning and be like four or five little hard, little hard little turds <laughs> on your desk. 
And then he jumped from behind some shit and scared the shit out of him. I just ah! hear that shit every other fucking day. But uh, so I killed it, right? And then I I caught the mouse too. Like I'm I'm looking real good at the job. Mm-hmm. But come to find out, we were gonna try to do something else, something a little bit more. I don't know, bet something better than having this guy stick both his arms in, you know, this trash every day. And come to find out, companies like Waste Management, they sort the trash anyway. Yeah. It's like it's like they recycle. Yeah. But yeah. if you want to burn your cash and pay for recycling, they'll take your money. Right, 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 right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. There's a whole there's a whole another hustle with recycling. But yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but but companies like that, they they divvy out shit anyway yeah, yeah. because they get a bump some kind of way for being environmentally safe yeah, yeah. or whatever. So that's what I learned as a result of that. So what's up? You uh you got uh, some recycling <laughs> issues? Well, I do. How how do you how do I convince? Every single one of my family members, from from my wife to my well, my four year old, I don't expect him to do that. So, if you have a cardboard box, for example, right, mm-hmm. that you're going to put in the recycling trash can bin in our house, mm-hmm. like what what's what's something that can fill up a trash can or a bin like quickly? Empty cardboard boxes, right? Yeah, not so, not broken down. Exactly. What right. what can I say or do to get my family to just take the simple step of mm-hmm. pulling down the bottom of the cereal box and flattening it I'm before flattening. they put it in the trash can? What um what do I do? You, this you, this this problem you're asking has been you asking the wrong somebody, but I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> What you do is when you encounter these things, you politely take it from the recycling bin, uh, take it to the person that put it in there, and bust them upside their motherfucking head with it. It's like the little dog that that poops and pisses when he first gets to your house. You shove his nose in that shit and be like, hey, no, no, this is a no-no. This is a no-no. So now you get bust upside the head with a big Cheerio, honey nut Cheerio. Got it. I don't know why I said honey nut. You just, y'all just look like the honey nut type. Absolutely, family. we have two boxes of honey nut Cheerios in the right, pantry right, right now. So, exactly. So you, I kind of know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, but yeah, homie, you have to you have to use tactics like that. Or maybe they pull their covers back and there's boxes, empty boxes in the bed with them. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. You, okay. All right. Thank you, get, you man. You get, yeah, you have to get medieval sometimes, even if it is family. <laughs> it's all love. <laughs> I just don't understand it, man. Especially after a grocery run. Like, especially after a grocery run, you, you come back yeah. and there's like, I got like 20, like 20 boxes. Like, basically, the boxes are spilling out of the pantry because... I can't yeah. give folks a break down the box. I mean, it literally takes like two seconds. Yeah. The other thing too is they know you're gonna do it. So, so you, just stop you doing always, it. You always gotta rely on that shit. Oh, dad got it. I'll just stop I'm doing just gonna, it. 
I'm just gonna drop like this it. right here for dad. I liked it <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, that's that issue is, has man. been bothering me all weekend, and I just I thought I'd reach out, you know, to you, Meeks, on the show. Yeah, tonight. I got and you covered, you know, man. I appreciate that. But I like yeah. like just whacking them upside the head with, whack, with the, box. the whack upside the head is good. The uh, the the pull your covers back and oh, uh, all your little you know Capri Sun bags and. <laughs> Your little rays and boxes and shit is waiting on you. In, I like in it. Your bed, in your bed. I, I like oh, it. Oh, how did this get I here? I like it. I like it. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm glad my family doesn't listen to the show. Yeah, don't tell them I had nothing to do with this shit. <laughs> this will be the week. This will be the one, the one random week Natalie listens to the show. And I'll I'll get my ass handed to me when I get home when 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 or when she gets home from work because I don't come home. Tell from work them here. tell them to tighten up, goddammit. That was just, hey, tighten up in here. What's going on in here? We recycled, damn it. All right. Anyway, yeah, homie. Uh, this isn't a a, a podcast about. Uh, you know the environment, or uh, no, you know saving the earth. Saying, we're, gonna, we're gonna do another one, man. We, we got plenty of material, man. The fuck oh, dad man. podcast. Yeah, the, the fuck dad. The shit on shit on pops podcast. The dad ain't shit podcast. Dad ain't shit podcast. That's the one. That is a that's a winner. Mm. All right, let's get into this rap shit. This is Southern Vanguard Radio. <laughs> My name's DJ John Doe. That's my good friend, Eddie Cappuccino, South Memphis motherfucking East Macklemore Meeks over there. And uh, we do a little podcast every week, twice a week, actually. Uh, that's yep. what you're listening to right now. So uh, welcome. We drop on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays is a mixed show. Uh, all new hip hop, cut up and sliced up and mixed and little funky tricks and all that shit. And Meeks and I just talking crazy and usually drinking on something pretty good. Mm. And then on uh, Thursdays, we have an interview session, like an in-depth joint, and uh, that's what you're listening to now. So uh, make sure you follow on all the platforms, SoundCloud, MixCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, and makes we have some affiliates that help spread the world, spread the word across the world. Yes, we have ATLHipHop.com, IamClassicRawRadio.net, uh, Return of the Boom Bap, WRBB. X Squad Radio, X Squad Affiliates, all those in Atlanta. And we venture out to the West Coast with Soul Public Radio. County. All right. Yeah. Let's let's get into it. So Meeks last yeah, week, uh, and I, I this 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 was not planned, but you know how things happen here. Like we try our best not to plan too much and just dope shit happens as a result of that. That's yeah. kind of been one of like our the goals when we started the show six years ago. Yeah, it's been working out. So last last uh, last week we had the one and only Breeze Bruin of the Juggernauts on for our interview session, and Real this dope. week we have another un- New uh, New York City NYC underground, you know, legend architect, kind of from that same era. Brooklyn, uh, yeah, exactly. And um, you know, oddly enough, we were also label mates with this gentleman. Uh, you know, a number of years ago. So, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, the one and only Cryptic One. Cryptic One. Uno. Check, check, check. How y'all doing? Good. Good, man. How are you doing? Good, man. Shout out to to Bruin. It's the homie. Yeah, man. I'm sure. Oh, you did? Okay. I do. I listen to everything that that guy does, man. He's legendary. For sure. No doubt. So, I imagine you guys are running around in the same circles. 
Oh uh, yeah, you know. I didn't really meet Breeze until much later, but uh, yeah, oh, really? we were all, all, okay. at, all at New Rican. I mean, we shared stages kind of thing, and we'd meet like you know cross paths in that scene, but we never really built until later. Gotcha. Well, you said something I hadn't heard in a while, Crip. The the Neo Rican. What's what's the status of Neo Rican? Is it is it it's, gone? It's still no, nah, no, nah, it's still alive and going. They're they're doing open mics um actually online. Still. Wow. Homie, yeah, you remember uh, that night at, at the Neo Rican man? I, I do remember that what's night that? very well. Ooh, you guys we rock we guys rocked rock the Neo Yeah, we rocked the Neo Rican during uh CMJ. What was it, two thousand? Uh okay. it yeah, was, was two thousand. Good year for New Eureka, man. That was like Hell the heart yeah. of yeah, yeah. It was that was an awesome night, yo. Never forget, hey, man. Yeah, that man. place is legendary, man. Absolutely, blessed to have been been able to go there for years, man. Yeah, that's dope. I'm glad they still around, man. Play yeah, it, me too. It, even even through the the pandemic. Yep, yep. A lot of these pa- places ain't gonna make it, and you know, shutting down, right. not to be seen again. You know, uh, glad to hear they still alive and well. It's hard to stay open even pre-pandemic in New York, man. Prices yeah, I believe were that. crazy, you know. So they they had trouble a couple of times, and they did some fundraisers, and they still got the doors open. So wow. that's what's up. That's, that's what's amazing. Up. Hell yeah! So, Crip, do you have any recycling problems at your house, or uh, is that uh, <laughs> no? You, actually, okay. the only recycling problem. My my, she's gonna hate <laughs> that I'm gonna say this because she is gonna listen to this. But my girl. <laughs> she is, uh, <laughs> He is kind of a recycling Nazi. Like she's like to the point where like I was about to throw some batteries out, like little double A batteries out, and she's like, "No, I don't. No, you can't recycle. You have to recycle them." I'm like, "Well, they can't go in with like the glass and stuff." So she's like, "Well, I don't know where they go, but don't throw them out." (laughs) Now we have a pile of batteries just sitting there that she hasn't sitting in the house. Like so, they're just sitting there. So I'm not. I I do it all, but she's in charge. Gotcha. That might be a, that might be a tactic, homie. Maybe Natalie can y'all can join forces and tighten that up, man. No, no, that's not going to happen. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel you. I mean, I do. I do the the labor part. I'm the one who breaks yeah. the boxes down and takes them out. Of course. Oh, okay, okay. So maybe yeah. this is just like a okay, okay. So this is like an uh, an expected thing. Like I should I should not be like this should not bother me. Maybe Crip. Like maybe I should just let it roll. I, I mean, it bothers me to a degree, but I, can't <laughs> <do it. laughs> I, I don't give a shit about it. Like, he just puts the boxes by the door. Like, that's that's like our agreement, kind of. Like, puts the boxes by the door, and they they'll sit there for like three weeks, <laughs> pile up. You know, and eventually, I just like, yeah, I guess I uh, that's my job. Got to do it. Yeah. Funny thing, it was never want- spoken about. No one ever like assigned roles. It just kind of right. Happened. Yeah, <laughs> man. I, I tell people all the time. I don't give a damn how how modern of a society we become. Traditional roles are always going to be in place, no matter what. Yeah. I mean, your wife could make three hundred thousand dollars a year, but guess what? I still need you to get in there and rattle them pots and pans. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I could be a billionaire, but I bet if we had a yard and I hadn't hired a, a landscaping company, she gonna be looking for me to cut the goddamn 1,700 acres we live on. It's just not going nowhere. And there's no discussion. It's just it was written already. So, hey man, good luck to both of y'all on that, man. Yeah, no, no, I, I think I just let it go. I think I just let it go. 
So, I mean, if, if anything, this interview session here has been, it's already worth its worth the time. So there it is. Man. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Man. <laughs> so cryptic, all jokes aside, man, um, I reached out to you. Um, I've actually, you've been on a short list for a while and, you know, uh, I, I'm serious when we talk kind of just about planning and trying to, trying to not take this too serious, but just serious enough to still do a good job. Um, but, uh, when I saw you kind of kicked off, um, I guess this new, um, I don't even know what, know what you call it, but basically every Friday you're releasing a new instrumental and yep. you got some dope visuals to go with it. And, and actually, um, what, what initially kind of piqued my interest about reaching out to you was even before, before you started that, um, uh, that series at the top of this year is I heard blueprint on super duty tough work talking about how you, I think it was like a beat a day or a beat a week, or there was something that you'd done kind of similar to this before. And I was like, man, I got to have this guy on. So, uh, yeah. So why don't you just tell us like what, what's, what's up with the new series and maybe give us some context and history behind, you know, why you're kind of doing something like this again. Okay. Um, the series every Friday, basically I'm dropping an instrumental, um, I want to call them beats, but they're a little bit more, they're a little more nuanced in, in sequence. So I guess singles or songs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, oddly that you mentioned the beat a day thing, that was something that started in 2014. Basically every year I'd make a hundred beats every day, one a day with a short video, put it on Instagram and just wake up every day, make a beat, upload it do the same thing the next day for, for basically three and a half months straight. Um, so after doing that for three years, I had 300 beats plus other random beats that I made just sitting on a hard drive. And I'm like, I mean, some I gave to rappers or what have you, but I still had 250 beats, which is a hell of a lot of beats sitting around. Right. So through the pandemic, I started making beats again, kind of like religiously. And, um, I got to the point where I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I need to start doing something with these. So late last year, I kind of decided that I have all these beats. I'm going to flesh them out slowly and just drop one every Friday for an entire year, which sounds insane. And it kind of feels insane sometimes, but um, with such a, a huge back catalog of stuff to pick from, I can be like, all right, I'll just listen to 20 beats, pick five for the month and then slowly flesh them out. And the, the hard part is probably the visuals that, that, that takes more time, which isn't really necessary, but it's something that I find a lot of enjoyment at it just doing. So, right. Okay. So yeah, that's kind of the whole thing. Um, shout out to blueprint for, for you mentioning that. I didn't realize he did. Um, what well, has been the response to, uh, to all of it? Um, not, not saying, not saying that you're expecting anything, of course, but, um, I'm, I'm sure people are paying attention. Yeah, so far it's been great. Um, my Spotify numbers have gone up, which I've, I mean, they're not like great or anything, but I'd never really paid attention to it before and never promoted it and never pushed people to Spotify. Um, to be real, I kind of hate Spotify. I have a love, mm-hmm. mostly, like kind of a hate hate relationship with Spotify. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm at the point where I'm like, all right, let's try something different this year and see if I can make it work for me. Um, in the past, I just kind of put stuff up there and kind of just let it happen. Um, but response has been great. Um, I really only social media do Instagram. Like I, I'm not 
consistent on any other platform. So followers are going up and gaining new fans. Um, my, my existing fan base seems to love it. And more importantly, sorry fans, but I'm enjoying it. So like, that's what's keeping me. And that's, that's the most important thing. Facts. Yeah. Gotcha. Hmm. So, uh, so Crip, do you have, do you find yourself getting new followers and fans that are kind of, um, and I hate this word and, and we were talking about, uh, controller eyes and stolen drums and those guys earlier, but do you think kind of this whole like lo-fi or instrumental hip hop movement is kind of, um, I know, I don't know, uh, helpful for what you're doing right now, or do you see like folks from that scene kind of like getting into what you're doing or? Absolutely. Um, kind of, it's also kind of by design. Like I saw, saw the movement happening. Like I don't make what I consider lo-fi. I just make instrumental hip hop. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of in my own weird style. Um, but I find that people who dig that stuff have an open mind to, they just like shit that they like, you know, but it doesn't need a rapper, you know, they like rap too. Right. And, um, you know, I kind of saw that opening and we were talking about stolen drums and I'm part of a, um, a producer community called sidechain society that's curated by stolen drums. So like oh, seeing cool. that kind of movement and getting into those spaces kind of opened my mind to it. But even before that pre pandemic, like literally the day that everything shut down the day before everything shut down in New York city, I did a, I had a show <laughs> um, hmm. and performed and like three people showed up because it was the middle or the beginning of a pandemic. Right. But I had it in my mind um, that 2020 was going to be the year that I was going to start performing more. And like, as a, as an instrumentalist, not as a rapper. And hmm. um, that kind of set things in motion for me to kind of look into like, is there, is there an audience for this? And that's kind of, kind of how I stumbled into all the lo-fi movement. Gotcha. Which, like you said, I kind of hate that term. I don't hate the term. You know, it is what it is. But like, when people classify something as lo-fi, I think you get like kind of in your head what it is. Like it's slow pianos and right. <laughs> tape pits and vinyl crackle, you know, like yeah. maybe some seagull samples, you know, like, yeah. which that stuff is cool. I'm not knocking it. I love sad pianos. I love seagulls. Right. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, I... I I don't feel like everybody that people call lo-fi fit into that space. Hmm. Like some people think Dilla's lo-fi. And oh, I like, saw a house going crazy on that this weekend. Like, not at all. Oh, really? Did yeah, he, yeah. He, house he, shoes. Yeah, house shoes. I was going to say, uh, yeah, I was, was going to say something Doom. about that. Like, like he, I mean, I, I, I sometimes see that label attached to Doom's name, right. or Doom's right. production or whatever. Yeah, I mean... I feel like anyone who came up in the night, early nineties was low five by default. Cause that's just what right. they did, you know, like I right. could clear sound. I wanted clear sound, but I just didn't know how to do it. <laughs> mm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I love grit. So don't get me wrong. I'm not, not, uh, the grit it has its place for sure. But I, I'm also kind of like of the school where I don't really like the labels. Like, right. But like I it just, the subgenres, like the million subgenres of hip hop, kind of like freak me out. I come from mm. a day when you know, De La Soul, Public Enemy, and Bismarcky could be on the stage at, at one event, and yep. none of them sound alike. And no one said that 
De La is this weird thing and Public Enemy is political rap. It was just right. hip hop and I liked it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's all that really mattered. Yeah. So, soapbox rant over. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it, it's, it's funny, uh, you, you say all that. Um, a soapbox that I've been on here lately with producers that we have on the show is, you know, like, you know, don't sleep on these instrumentals, man. Right. Like, even if you're not, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I, I think with, with you know, with, with what you've been doing in 2021 is a little bit different because it's a little bit more, like you said, fleshed out and there's arrangements and, you know, it's it's more like a an instrumental song, if you will. Right. Than just like a, you know, a eight bar or a 16 bar loop. Right. But there are a lot of people that just don't want to hear anybody rap. You're like they're into the music, they're into the beats, they're into the whole thing, but like they're just not into like you know rhyming or, or even the point that I made. Uh, who did I make this point with me? Because I can't remember. But like even like when I'm in the kids with my car, right? Like I'm I'm not like playing the show when they're in the car. You mm. know what I mean? So if uh, I want some hip hop, I hope not. No, absolutely not. Uh, okay, but. but but uh, anyway, I mean, a, a lot of times I'll just like I'll be I'll play in, if I want to listen to hip hop in the car when the kids are in there. I'm playing instrumental hip hop. Yeah, so no, it's, it, it's it's that safe kind of thing, and I play it around the house if I'm going to clean up. Right, I don't need to hear you rapping right now. Just I just want to hear some mm-hmm. snares, some kicks, and some chords, and let me sweep the floor. Right, right. Yeah, cut yeah. the recycle boxes or what have you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah do some do some high grade recycling. <laughs> it's funny well, that, that might be interesting to like listen to MOP while you're cutting up the boxes. That's yeah, right. Funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it might make it a little more interesting. Yeah, yeah. With the, with a box cutter, yeah, you box can. Cutter, yeah, you can yeah, pretend like you give somebody a buck fifty or something, or you <laughs> know what? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, it's funny, man. Um you know, my 15- Homie, I think you was talking to Dilla about, I mean, not Dilla, but Ella about that. Um, right. Yeah. Illustrate. Last time we talked to them. And I think he, I think he heard you 100% and, and started gathering up his stuff and, 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 and putting it out as well. I think, I think it's been a, a eye opener for him. Yeah. It just seems like it's a layup another, to me, right? Like it, it's, yeah, it's, crazy. it's another, it's another chamber, you know, that I, I think a lot of, a lot of cats have gotten away from speaking about, you know, us formally being, you know, label mates and stuff like that. Like we took pride in, you know, the B sides to our vinyl or, or something like that. And, and you definitely want to throw an instrumental or two on there. But I think, um, with everything being digital right now, the way it is and the way music comes out, I think people, kind of forgotten that that part of the art form the right. instrumental is 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 not to be taken lightly man yeah man it's key and and i'm kind of enjoying this this kind of uh I, I don't know if it's a resurgence or just this this space where producers are kind of getting their just do as artists and not just mm-hmm. like playing background to to rappers no offense to rappers i am one mm-hmm. and i still like rappers but you know it's just good to see them them shine in a space that's that's not tied to a rapper like Pete Rock and CL Smooth or right. you know, it's, it's kind of like you know Pete Rock has dropped albums by himself obviously but like still tied to rappers you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. but yep. the flip side of that is there's a lot of uh, like I'm involved like I said with that 
community and there's a lot of cats ranging from really young cats to like, well, I'm the oldest, but like <laughs> cats nearer my age. And what I see among some, it's, it's kind of like, um, it's refreshing to see the young cats that kind of like, I don't get this from rap, young rappers as much, but I do see it. But like younger producers that are digging into the old stuff and kind of like learning the history of stuff and, and to see their list of influences, it's kind of shocking to see someone who's like 18 influenced by something that is older than him. And right. it's kind of, it, it's, it's refreshing. Um, shout out to the young bucks out there. No doubt. We experienced that for the first time, Crip, uh, when we started the show. Um, we interviewed Nolan the Ninja. I don't know if you know Nolan or not. I was not. just about to say that. Uh, I know the name. I'm, I'm not too familiar with Detroit Cat, MC, producer, um, just super dope, but much younger. And we interviewed him, uh, you know, early on. I think the the last couple of albums, I think he dropped rum. He eventually, like, ended up getting a deal at Mellow Music Group. I don't know if he's still on Mellow Music or not anymore, but, I mean, he really kind of built a following and a buzz from the ground up, like real grassroots, like, you know, super unique style. And anyway, we were interviewing him. Meeks, that was 2015, right? That was the first year of the show, maybe? Yeah, that sounds about right. I and was I, just thinking about that same thing, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, and yeah. we're talking to this guy, Crip, and he's, you know, this guy is, this kid is probably, I mean, was he even 21 at the time, Meeks? No, nah, he was like 19. I don't at the think time. he was. I don't I don't think the guy could buy a beer like at a, at, at the, you know right. at, at the bar. And he's just talking about how overwhelming like all of this like once he got into the into this chamber like how overwhelming it was. Like how he was just like he was just like in a YouTube vortex like Mm-hmm. With Mad Lib and Dilla and like you know that that whole which is where all this this whole lo fi and instrumental you know movement has come from, but this guy it's was still, just, it's so crazy, right? I mean, it's so crazy. Could you imagine being that kid? No, like, I know. Oh man, that, like like and having access to it all, like your tips, like I wouldn't do anything. Like That's I would just mind blowing, man. Yeah, I, I, I man, it's wild. Oh, I love how I grew up, but. Pardon me, right? It's you know, like uh, I like the 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 fact that it was kind of scarce, and you had to go dig for it and search mm-hmm. little record stores and feel it and look at the cover, yeah. figure it out. But it'd be nice to just sit on my couch with my phone <laughs> and <laughs> just go hard, right? Yeah, yeah, right. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that's dope, man. So, um, but you're you're actually releasing these, right? Like this isn't like an Instagram only thing. Like you, like they're actually uh, out. Like I saw them all yeah. on Apple Music, like over the weekend, for example. Yep. They're on Apple Music, Spotify, well, any everywhere you stream. They're also on Bandcamp. Um, uh-huh. And I'm kind of playing with the idea of doing physicals, maybe. Like I, I'm still trying to figure that out. I don't know if I'm going to do it, maybe quarterly or maybe at the end of the year. I'll pick. 12 and make an album out of it um i would love to do vinyl but vinyl is fucking expensive yeah and for sure i don't i don't know if I, I can move them the way i'd need to just to break even i just want to break even and i'll be happy you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so we'll see we'll see what happens okay but yeah so that, that is was, this, that was, um is this something um you thinking about for uh centrifugal force records your label 
Yeah. Yeah. That's what I drop everything under. Um, I don't really want to ever deal with another label. Mm. I live, if I can help it, no offense to our (laughs) label, um, that we were all part of, but, um, yeah, yeah, it just, especially in this, this, the current climate, there's really no need, like there's nothing they can do for me really that I can't do for myself Mm. outside of like hiring a publicist. And I've been in that lane before and right. what is who reads magazines or blogs or like what, what does press do now? You know, unless right. pitchfork, which isn't really isn't my space. So, you know, I'm, I'm totally fine with just doing it all myself. And side note, um, during the pandemic, I was kind of going crazy in my house and I signed up for this digital marketing class and kind of went heavy on that shit for the past mm-hmm. eight or so nine months. Ready for water. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a lot of um, this Friday single rollout is kind of tied into that, that mm. world, like constant content and kind of figuring out how to advertise and, and get it to the right people and grow your audience, et cetera. So it's right. a big fucking experiment that we'll see see how it turns out. Okay. But that beat a oh. that beat a day thing, uh, Cryptic, was that, that was, I mean, that, you said that was 2014? I think I started the first one either 2014 or 2015. I mean, that, I that's kind of real early for having like this. I mean, this kind of like idea to have like this constant content, like push every day. You know what I mean? Like I even think, I, I think back to when we, uh, my frame of reference right now for, for everything is back to 2015 when we started the show, because Meeks and I kind of like took a break from music more me than Meeks did. Um, <clears throat> but, um, you know, I remember, Meeks, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but I remember around 2016, 2017, that's when, like, the releases, like, really started picking up. Like, people started just dropping, like, super hard. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, to have that idea in 2014, I mean, you you were really kind of ahead of, you are a little bit ahead of the curve, I think, on that one, man. Like, uh- I was ahead of the curve, but kind of accidentally. It wasn't for me okay. at the time. It wasn't. It wasn't even about constant content. Like I didn't even know what the word content really meant then. Um, basically, Instagram. I was. Uh, whenever. Uh, when did Hurricane Sandy happen? Does anyone know? You guys probably weren't affected by it as much as us, but I think that was 2014, mm. maybe 13. Okay. That was the, uh, the only reason why I remember when I signed up to Instagram is because my first picture is a tree that fell on the house. Mm. hurricane so i signed up for instagram because i'm sitting in the house with no power and i'm like all right let's see what this instagram thing is about and um maybe like six months later they started a video on instagram and i was like oh that's interesting i want to do something with this i just got a new iphone with a cool camera and slow motion and i was like let's do something so i posted a beat and it's like just a 15 second clip of my dog running around with the beat and I hashtag it beats every day. And I was like, oh shit, what did I just do? Mm. <laughs> like, I was like, all right, so I, am I going to commit to this? Because I was like in this creative place where I wasn't making a lot of music. And that's kind of like my way to trick myself to do shit is I make myself accountable. Like right. that's how, how I quit smoking. I just told everyone I quit smoking, lying. And I was like, <laughs> if they see me with a cigarette, they're going to, you know, I failed. So I just tricked myself into making a beat every day and I surprisingly stuck with it. And the second one, I was like, every beat 
a beat every day for a hundred days. And then I was like, oh shit, what did I do? <laughs> at the time, I only had like 40 followers at the time. So it wasn't really that big of a commitment, but that was like enough for me to like, that's 40 people that are going to know I fucked up. So I just stuck with it. A hundred days later, I had a hundred beats. Damn. And that shit was not easy and there were days i made some whack shit <laughs> I, was, I was about to ask you like like would you put your whole effort into these joints or like you like going through your entire process or for the you, most part i was yeah, but there'd yeah. just be days where i'd just be like ah, i'm just gonna throw something together and that was the biggest lesson i learned is i just threw some shit together i wasn't feeling it I just pressed submit and I was like, ah, I'm not even looking at fucking Instagram today. And that shit fucking got the most likes. And I'm like, what the I knew you were going to say that. I knew I'm you were like, going to say that. At that point, I was like, okay, there's no pressure. whatever. There's no pressure anymore at yeah. all. Like, I'm just going to do it. Like, even because uh, I, I, let's fast forward to the future. I'm also doing, because I don't have enough projects on my plate. I'm also doing every Saturday where I do a thing I call Saturday Sketch, where I set a timer. It's a little timer right here that I just showed on screen that no one can see because this is an audio medium. But um, I set a timer for 30 minutes and I make a beat in 30 minutes. Whatever happens, happens. And I put that out. And that wasn't, it's not like some people think that it's about me bragging that I made a beat in 30 minutes. Not about that at all. It's just kind of an exercise I started doing um, to to learn to not overthink things because i that is just me i fucking start and like ah that snare is terrible and i'll spend like three hours in snare hell trying to find the right one <laughs> and especially now having so many options with software yeah. right yeah it, it's ridiculous like i have i have probably 25 gigs of drum sounds which right. i don't yeah, need yeah. never going to use them all yeah. but I'll I'll definitely cycle through a few thousand of them in an evening trying to find the right one. <laughs> so it was just kind of my shout out. Let me give a shout out to to the person who kind of pushed me. Not even pushed me. I just watched him do it. This guy, uh, Pinstripe cousin from Sidechain Society. Okay. He uh, he does these live streams where he'll make a beat. Like he, the first live stream I ever watched of his, he was like, "Oh man, I got to leave in fifteen minutes. Let me make a beat real quick." I was like, "What?" Like. <laughs> you got to leave. You're going to start now and make a beat live. Uh, and he did it in 12 minutes and it was dope. And I was like, yo, I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. So right. I talked to him and he was just like, yeah, man, just got to just do it off the feel and just whatever happens, happens. And yeah, it's some, it's some special dudes out there that can do shit like that. I only, I only seen it a couple of times in my lifetime. And I, I was fascinated. It's crazy. Both times I saw it. It's just like, that's, an entire that's everything like yeah. i mean it's not like uh that's a good start no i'm done yep. Voila. <laughs> See, <for> me, like, <laughs> like damn my sketches i'm like in my mind they're not done and I'm, <laughs> if i like them i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna spend the three hours and find the right drum sound like I'm, I'm a, that's the plan with those it's not like i'm like okay here it's done but because i i just don't have that gene in me i i can't I'm I'm a nerd and I, I I like to tinker with stuff until yeah until it's out like this until it presses it's not done until I press submit like until it's uploaded I'm working on it yeah gotcha that, yeah that's my brain yeah so I'm trying to train myself to get out of that habit but yeah I was we'll getting ready to say that. it's at some point it's got to be like a muscle memory thing right like if you work hard enough at it like 
you probably hit that a little bit with the hundred beats a day. Like yeah, even though sure. you had bad days, it's kind of like a routine thing. Yep. Um, That's absolutely, you learn. I learned more about beat making in those hundred beats than the 10 years before, you know, like mm-hmm. to something every day, you're, you're bound to get better. You're bound to try new things because it gets boring doing the same shit every day. Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely highly recommend that exercise. Although don't do a hundred. That's just stupid. Right. Do like <laughs> 30. <laughs> do a month. <laughs> Seriously, man. hundred was way too long. Never. But you did and Chris, it. We're, we're both fortunate enough to see you actually in your workspace. So, um, uh, your weapons of choice. I mean, we could, we could see a couple of things, but if you just lay it out, um, currently, the Ableton Push 2 is 99% of, of what I use. Uh, um, I have other stuff. I have like an old Akai S950 sampler, I have an ASR10 sampler, but they're literally at this point just kind of museum pieces that just sit there. I don't, they're plugged in, but I don't use them. I want to start, but. Unlike Jake One, who is like refuses to like do anything but like make shit on ASR10, that shit amazes me. So it's amazing. I watch him and I'm like, I want to turn mine on, but then I remember, I remember. So painful. I like, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> good. Um, and I had an EPS of- 16 plus crib, so I, 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 I know that. So, so I know that. Wor- yeah, yeah, I yeah. know that world. For a 144 reboot. Yeah, that right. One, <laughs> there's nothing you can do. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Ableton autosave and save my, my ass number yeah, of exactly time. yeah fucking time machine running on your Mac you're good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit where was I going what were you talking about I got on Jake 1 ASR 10 sidetrack uh, oh what you use Crip sorry yeah I mean that, that's pretty much it vinyl yeah. I sample a lot of vinyl I sample well I'm not like a purist I don't only sample vinyl I used to be that guy He's like, it's not from vinyl. It's not real. Keep it real. All that shit. But right. I'll sample from anything. If I'm watching the TV show and I'm like, oh shit, that's dope. Well, thank God for DVRs. I pause it, hook it up, record it, and bring it in the studio. Uh, a sample source doesn't matter to me anymore at all. Uh, um, yeah. But primarily sample based, but I have been learning to play stuff a lot lately. That's that's the other big thing that I've done the past like year or two. Mm. It's like, actually learn how to learn music theory and how to play chords on, on the push. I mean, I still have a keyboard too, but yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's fun. It's fun. Just learning new shit. Self-taught, uh, crib, just doing like let things online and yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yep. Yep. That's the only way I know how I was self-taught. I've never, yeah, I don't even like what it was the other option, <laughs> you know, like I, right. I've never gone to class for any, anything. And okay now with youtube how how can you not learn anything like yeah back in the days excuse me i used to go to like sam ash and read recording not even buy the magazine just sit there like literally the whole day (laughs) start reading something and be like oh that's interesting and then walk over to the something and try it you know and that was that was my education so yeah man yeah posting up in the bookstore go ahead go ahead meeks I'm sorry. I was just saying, I, I see um, over the years, you've gotten some decent uh, plate placements. Uh, one that sticks out to me the most is because uh, I actually saw the movie was Adult Rappers. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you did the theme? 
I did the theme. I did like I'd say ninety percent of the music in there. Okay. Yeah. And you were on Accountable Ox, um, Cole Vein LP, and you produce a lot for Vast Air. Yep. Um, how is Vast Air these days? Uh, he's he's chilling. He, he yeah. just uh, he just had surgery, um, mm. and it was successful. So that's good. He's working. That's on dope. New shout stuff. out to him. Yeah. Yeah. So how did the um how did the adult rappers thing uh come about? Um oddly the the creator of that um is uh Paul and he's also known as DJ Paul, who's a producer, and he was also part of Adam's family, the crew. Um Oh, I didn't realize that. Most people don't. And yeah, I mean it wasn't like a secret, but he doesn't really do any music making anymore, so I guess he's not DJ Paul, he's just Paul. Right. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Uh, basically I had quit music, like to, to tell the story of how it happened. I completely quit music for five years. Um, and this was on the tail end of that. I wasn't making shit. What year was this crib? Um, I stopped making music in 2006 or seven. Okay. I guess it went to 2012. Okay. I don't remember exactly what year he hit me up. I think it was maybe 2011. I was still super bitter about the music industry and just, just like that guy like yeah fuck that like i was so mad i I didn't even listen to music i was just like let's just cut that entire section of my life off wow Hmm. but um i got to a point where i was like let me just tinker with some shit for fun and i got logic and i started learning it and randomly i reconnected with uh with alaska shout out to alaska from adam's family and and they asked me if I, i had any beats and i was like I lied. I was like, yeah. And like, cause they wanted to work on a project. I was like, yeah, okay. I'll send you some in about a week. So I, the whole week I made a few beats. I was like, okay, I like these enough. I sent them to them. They liked them. And then Paul hit them up for adult rappers to interview them for it. And they were like, oh, you should hit up Crip. So he hit me up. And at first it was just to like be in it, you know, to be interviewed for it. And I was like, oh yeah, you're going to let me fucking dish <laughs> music industry on camera. This is perfect. Yes. <laughs> Waiting on this call. <laughs> Good story. I want to tell you how much this shit sucks and don't be a rapper. Um, <laughs> and then he asked me if I had beats and I was, I lied again. I was like, yeah, of course. And he's like, Oh, you want to send any for the film? You're like, yeah, I got you. And I, a week I made like 10 beats. I sent them all. He's like, Oh, these are all dope. Do you have any more? I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. And then I just fucking locked myself in the room and made more. And he was like, yo, man, do you want to do the whole shit? I was like, yeah. Fuck. So <laughs> that was basically how that happened. And because of that, it was kind of instrumental in me getting back to like wanting to be in that space, like just going to be interviewed and then seeing like J-Zone and it screening and brewing. It just kind of brought that feeling of like being involved in a hip hop community again. Yeah, it's yeah. a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, I didn't realize how much I missed it until till I jumped back in it. Hmm. Don't miss the labels and the politics and all that bullshit, but the people. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, that, that was instrumental in me just like loving it again and doing it just purely for the love, not caring about the money side of it. Yeah. That's dope, man. Yeah. I had no idea. And, dope movie, yeah, man, too. Everyone pick, oh, sorry. Everyone should peep adult rappers. Uh, oh, absolutely. Not even because I was involved in it. I just, it just, nah, it's, I, just it's, it's just a good watch. Yeah, exactly. Seriously. Yeah. So, uh, Crib, you mentioned Adam's family earlier. Like, what, what's going on with the crew, man? 
Um, everyone's doing stuff. Uh, wind. Okay. I spoke to wind. Um, he had an album that he wanted me to mix, but I haven't heard from him in a few months, but pandemic and he lives on the West coast now. So it's kind of, okay. he, he has a family, he has two kids. <clears throat> um, Alaska, I'm sure you guys know he's oh yeah, busy as hell doing his thing. Yeah. Just me and Jess have an album together called Parada that I'm hoping to drop uh, next month in March. It's basically, he's made all the beats and I'm I'm rapping on that. I was going to uh, ask you what that was. I saw some posts on your on your feet about that. I was wondering what yeah, was up with that. I, just, I have the CDs. I'm just going to show oh, look, you. Oh look look at that! All right. Oh shit! Yeah, oh, it's ready to go. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a project that it took way too long. Like it took way too long. Like we, I started it in 2014 or 15. Um, one day Jess just sent me, I don't even think there was a subject line in the email. I don't think there was any text. It just had a link to a folder. And I was like, this looks mad spammy. Like, should I click this link? Is what, what's going to happen? So I, I was like, all right, it's a Dropbox link from Jess. Let me just check it. I click it and it's just, a folder called Parada and it's got like 15 beats in it. I press play. I'm like, Oh shit, this is crazy. And uh, I just start writing and it just kind of happened naturally. It wasn't even like planned. And then I recorded a lot of stuff. And then me being the perfectionist, it didn't get finished until <laughs> 2019. Okay. Um, actually, no, it got, it was finished before that. Cause I finished it right before Trump got elected. So there was a lot of stuff about that. In, in it that somehow now that I'm releasing it now um, still relevant somehow. Okay. It's kind of crazy that he's still in our hearts and minds, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe not our hearts, but definitely our minds. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> so, like, uh, specifically the video for the first song, which is already dropped, it's called uh, Davy Jones Locker. Uh, the video is all about like kind of Trump rallies and kind of like that whole space and i was ready to drop that when you know in 2016 like the video was done and ready to go but i just wasn't i didn't get it done by the election time so i was kind of pissed off that Uh, it wasn't pre-election so i was like oh this isn't going to make any sense because he's president now and that shit wound up making more sense when i dropped it before hell yeah (laughs) right that that turned out it was not genius marketing it just turned out Right, it just worked. It just worked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of interesting because I listened to you, the podcast with Bruin, and he had a similar situation where he wrote something like during the Bush years that still works perfectly. Right now, yeah, he said it. He wrote it. Uh, it was it was Bush's second term or something like that. Like it was thirteen years old or something crazy. That's crazy. That's wild. It's and, uh, yeah, it's dope. Um. So you think March, March sometime for that to drop? Yeah, uh, that's the goal. I, I'm really hesitant about saying anything until it's like finalized because I've been saying, I said November and when it was October and it's yeah, November yeah. has gone. So like, okay. I'm shooting for March. I have the CDs. I'm waiting on the cassettes. The music's done. The artwork's done. I'm working on the marketing side of it. Um I don't want to put it out until it's ready to be put out. So I'm not, not committing to a date. And these days, does it really matter? Like I could say it's coming out tomorrow and it's the same thing, you know, like yeah. back in the days you had to have like a three or four month lead time 
to send off mm-hmm. to press and like yeah. that doesn't anymore. So, you know, March question mark. Yeah, yeah. Got you. All right, that, that almost gives you gives you a for sure forty five days, almost sixty. Yeah. So I I, I think I can do it <laughs> <laughs> if I don't take on some other daily. Like, right. I'm gonna make five beats a day and upload it to Instagram <laughs> for no good reason. <laughs> five beats a day. <laughs> uh, Kanye, five beats a day for three summers, right? Know what he said? He said something like that. I don't know oh, why that. He? I don't know why that lyric stuck with me whenever he heard it. But I was just like, "Damn, five five beats a day for three summers." Like, that's a lot of beats. That's a lot of goddamn beats. Yeah, yeah. I, I will. I stick to one a day. I don't do multiples in. That that shit blows my mind. Like people like Blueprint, he'll like just do a session where he does ten beats, and I'm like, how does that happen? Hmm. Yeah. yeah, he he lets he lets out some some interesting um, jewels about how he works. You know, in his podcast. By the way, Super Duty Tough Work. If you guys don't know, incredible podcast, Blueprint and Neil Logic. for sure. Uh, you know, Good Brothers right there, and and great content. Um, but uh, yeah, like uh, I think Print talks about how he'll go through phases where he'll he'll just work on particular things, like and just go all in and hard, like on that. So, like to your point, you know, he'll just like he'll just do nothing but make beats for a month, and yep. then you know, and then like stop, and then like work on a book for a month or two months, and then like yep. stop, and then do you know. Yeah, dude, he does so much, man. Like, I don't know how he does it. Author, videographer. He shot a full-length documentary. I know. How, how does someone do I that? Know. Like, uh, my I brain know. can't even. That dude is amazing, you know. Self-taught, Shot. too, right? I mean, for the most part, from what I can tell, it's a, it's, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. He yeah. plays trombone on stage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, name, name another rapper that does that. <laughs> <laughs> He's a killer. He's a certified killer, yo. Yo, he made a he made some he made an uh, he made an a MIDI controller or something too. Crip, do you know about this? Uh, you, the keytar kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I saw him pull out a keytar on stage, I was like, dude, you're on another level. <laughs> This motherfucker's crazy, yo. Hell yeah. Didn't he Shout didn't out. he like modify like a guitar hero like con, like some like he he did some oh, mod yeah. to like a video game controller, I think, or something. I don't know what he did. I would not put it past him. That's crazy. Yeah. That guy's crazy. Big up blueprint. Pragmatic. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> How'd you Crip, guys you, meet, um, Crip? Originally from oh, my, go ahead. Uh, real quick, how'd you guys meet, Crip? Uh, what's what's how, how do you you and Blueprint know one another? Because you guys go back, right? Um, yeah, yeah, back to probably like ninety eight or ninety nine. Yeah, pardon my dog scratching at the door. She, she wants to. That's come all in. right. Um, uh, I met Print. So like this was the the days of um like pre streaming and et cetera, and there was a, a site called um ATAC Distribution. Oh yeah, sold. I remember that. Okay, that's old cassettes, uh-huh. and they have real audio clips, like a fifteen-second clip yeah. of things. And I was like, I was just clicking around, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" And it was, uh, it was a logic, uh-huh. and I was like, "Oh, these dudes are from Ohio." And then I checked, and I saw the label, and I looked at all their other releases. I was like, "Oh, these guys are dope." And I'm like, "We're going." This was the first time I was going to Scribble Jam in Ohio. I'm like, "Okay, these guys are going to be there. I'm not going to order the tape. I'm going to go there and buy the tape from them." 
So like we're there for a couple of days. I ain't see them run into them. And then the cypher starts and I'm just watching the cypher. And I'm like, the kid said he was killing it. Like, and I was like, yo, this kid is dope. And then he said his name was Logic. And I was like, ah. So then um, mm-hmm. I had, I think I had emailed Blueprint um, prior to going there. And then I, I eventually bumped into him. I think he saw that I was holding uh, Persecution of Hip Hop, which was a compilation I put out. And he knew that I put it out. So we, he like just pulled me aside and we just started talking. Basically been friends since. That was 99, I think. Damn, that's dope. Wow. Yeah. Real dope. Yeah, it's cool people, man. Hell yeah. Meeks, what were you going to ask? Just, I'm sorry. I was just going to ask. We, we got in here. I mean, you're in, you're in Brooklyn right now. You born and raised Brooklyn or... No, I was I was born in Queens, mostly raised in Long Island. Um, gotcha. Yeah, I'm a Long Island boy. Suburbs. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. In good company out there, hip hop wise. Hell oh, yeah. yeah! I mean, I was if it, if it had been Brooklyn, but I, I it's not. I, I guess I could still ask the question like, what? How is how is the city? Um, you know, we're talking about three different parts of, of New York, basically. How is the city? Uh, influence. What was what was the the major influence that you know growing up in New York City? Um, um I, I have a two- and your and your and your, your music and everything. I have a, a twofold answer to that. Like, like I said, I grew up in the suburbs, and that, I feel like that kind of um, contributed to my my weirdness. Like, you're you're a little more isolated in in out in Long Island, but the city's close enough. So I had the influence from like the quote unquote real New York city hip hop. But I was a weird kid. I, I, I love science fiction. I love comic books. I, I, I loved weird shit. So I think that's really part of, of my upbringing in Long Island. And then fast forward, when I moved to Brooklyn, my, my music definitely got darker. Um, like with a little more, I don't want to say grit, but a little more anger to it. Like, like, angry undertones and it wasn't like a conscious thought it just kind of happened like the city like living in the actual city it it changes like the vibe of, of like when i make music like and mind you I'm, I'm living in a good neighborhood and brooklyn is not brooklyn like what it used to be i'm in like a really right nice neighborhood i, I get an organic juice like walk away you know like that kind yeah, of thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like like I'm, I'm a bougie motherfucker so like <laughs> still it's still brooklyn you know like you still see some crazy shit happen and it, influ- it there's no way it can't influence your art it, yeah. it's just impossible mm. huh. that's crazy man i didn't know you were from long island originally man that's the, that's dope yeah yeah, very thankful for for growing up in Long Island. It, yeah, for sure. I hated, hated it back then. I wanted to escape it as quickly as possible. But yeah. now I'm like, right. I, well, I wouldn't have been raised any other way. It was great. Yeah, I had man. like a bike and could ride around. And, right. Yeah. Like that life. Yeah. That's dope. Well, what else was uh, in store this year? Crip, anything you can talk about? I mean, you were talking about the, what's it called? Parada? That's, that's Robert, yeah. yeah. It's the name of the group and the name of the the album. Okay, um, gotcha. Okay, self titled release, I guess right. you'd call it. Um, there's that. There's my the rest of however many beats I have left to do yeah. on Friday. Okay. Um, I have something else that that's kind of in the planning stages, but I'm kind of sort sort of like starting to launch it right now. I'm I'm starting it on um 
like you know instagram has this close friends feature for mm-hmm. stories where you get people and you assign close friends and only they can see this i've been doing kind of this content on there just kind of showing my process of production tips and kind of thing so like i just kind of posted it once and like i was surprised like 50 people signed up the first day and i'm like oh cool people are interested in this sort of thing and it's kind of like huh. It's kind of, for me, it's kind of like beta testing what's going to probably end up on YouTube or maybe Patreon. I don't know where it's going to end up, but um, I'm a nerd for people's process. Like I love being the the fly on the wall and just watching people work because everyone works differently and you can learn from it or just it's entertaining for me. So I I always kind of wanted to do that. And now, especially with this instrumental stuff, I think I think I have a lot that I could teach people. I've been making beats for 30 something years, you know? So I don't think I do things the same as everyone else. And I think my, some of my weird processes might help someone else. Right. So, yeah. So that's, that's another thing that I'm, I'm just starting. I just, I've only done two episodes, so who knows where it's going to go. Um, and I do have another rap album that's done. Um, I just need to re-record a couple of verses here and there. And I have no idea when that's going to come out. So it's a solo project. Involved. It's a solo project, self-produced. Oh shit! Uh, Dope. Okay. Yes, at all. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with. I did this series called uh, "The World According to." So there's a world according to to dot dot dot, and then world according to the number two is a sequel, and then the last one is going to be world according too two also ah. so that, that's the third one that's going to come this year that was also done it was finished like in 2016 but it just kind of got kept getting pushed to the back burner and i'm ready to to finish that shit up now i right. said long island shit right there. That's some epmd shit right there <laughs> facts <laughs> <laughs> shout out to epmd they do not get enough love they made they really long. don't man the classic album so dope Four classic albums from your debut. Who does that? So dope. Yeah. So dope. Shit. They used to record with, I mean, uh, perform off a reel to reel. (laughs) (laughs) On stage. That's crazy. (laughs) First time I heard that story, I was like, that is crazy. You thought that tape was bad enough. Just imagine. Goddamn reel to reel on stage. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, now that I think about it, it's one of the only groups that I feel like I haven't seen. I never saw live. I never saw. I, I never saw you yeah, live either. either, man. You can see Scratch, you know, a lot, but you're not going to see, you know, Eric and Parrish on stage, man. It's crazy. Damn. That's what's up. Well, Crip, uh, can you tell everyone where they can go support you, man? Uh, social media. I guess you said IG is kind of like your platform. IG, um, it's at uh, Crip, C-R-Y-P underscore Uno, U-N-O. Okay. Um, that's pretty much at all social media, but Instagram is where you'll find me posting the most stuff. Okay. Um, just search for Cryptic One on Spotify since I'm trying to get that to pop off. And um, okay. obviously Bandcamp is, shout out to Bandcamp. I love Bandcamp. No doubt. Never, never leaving that platform. Um, so yeah, check me there as well. All right. Beautiful. Dope. Man, Crip, this has been a, this has been awesome, man. It's been great to Hell yeah, you know, we appreciate you, man. Catch up talking you. to you. You know, we this never we never really like connected, I guess, when we were you know kind of you know on day by day or you know what, yeah. whatever you want to call it. So it's it's uh it's kind of dope to connect later on for sure. For sure. 
All right. Yeah, I appreciate you guys for having me on. Yes, sir. We're looking forward to all Yo. the new music, man. This is fucking dope. Oh, and uh, yeah, by, definitely by, keep in touch, Crip. But by the real. way, we didn't we didn't talk about this mix, but uh, Crip sent us a a world exclusive. He is a little sneak peek before uh, this week beat drops on Friday. So we're gonna it's gonna be all Crip Uno beats on episode two eighty. Oh, that's yeah, going man. down. Yeah, man. So Crip, thank you Shit for that, man. I real. appreciate that. Yeah. Oh man, appreciate you guys for playing it, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, man. people dig it. No doubt. Looking forward to it. Crip, yeah, thank yo. you, brother. We'll be in touch, man. Yeah, for sure, man. All right, my dude. Shout out to you guys, man. No Stress doubt, out, man. All right. Peace. Peace. All right, Meeks, there you go. Yeah, man. All right. All another right. one. Another Episode, one. Where, where we at? Uh, Two. 280. 280 this week. 280? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, Grapple's on uh Grapple's on uh, uh Grapple, Yeah, Grapple Lover was on uh, uh Twitter uh over the uh, I guess at the towards the tail end of last week. He's like, man, y'all about to hit three hundred. I'm like, yeah, We're man. About to hit three hundred for real. Three hundred on crazy. top of the two hundred and you know, fifty Shit, interviews. Almost three hundred interviews we yeah, got. Man. Yeah. So yeah, it's go crazy. back and check the catalog. So uh yeah, all right, y'all, man. it's the guard, Meeks and Doe, we out. Southern Vanguard Radio. Peace, y'all. Peace.